How's it going? Welcome to series two of LaVille. It is June 4th, 2020, and we are just checking in on you. And we're going to go through a brief overview of what today's podcast is going to be about. So our podcast for today is Common Issues with Student and Multi-Tenant Housing at York University. So we will be brought together with the York Affordable Housing Committee, and we'll be identifying common issues in the village and how they relate to student housing on and off campus at York University. We'll be exploring some of the factors contributing to the rising cost of housing on and or near campus and what York University, its affiliates and student-led associations are doing to secure housing affordability and availability for York University students. And I guess the best way to start the episode is with a little bit of a recap. Um, last week, we or not even last episode, we spoke about what the village is. And, you know, I would definitely check in. We, we have a little bit more of a comprehensive summary of what it is. But it's basically this new urbanist development project built in 2008. Uh, and it's between uh, Assiniboine and Murray Ross in North York, right beside New York University, five, 10 minute walk. And then we also went over what YBHA is, the York Village Housing Association, uh, which, again, is basically just a student led uh, community outreach group dedicated to helping anyone living in and or looking for a place in the village. Um, and in that episode, we spoke about, you know, just housing in the village. We spoke about villagers' experiences, uh, and we spoke to two different villagers, both Raymond and Aaron, and we talked about Howdy, an app that they both created to make the village a more connected place. Uh, and, and I think that that's, that was just a great episode, too, so definitely worth checking out. Yeah, so jumping, well, before we jump into the podcast, a uh, quick shout out to our sponsors, uh, Professor Luisa Sotomayor, Student Dwell TO Research Partnership, and the Faculty of Environmental Studies at York University. Uh, we are also supported by a Connections Grant awarded by the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada. And also the Research at York uh, program at York University. Uh, you can check out Experience York for more information. Yeah, and it, without further ado, we're actually going to be talking about, as Andrew mentioned, common issues with student and or multi-tenant housing at York University. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really, really do appreciate it. And we'd like to welcome our guests, Rhea Hamilton and Sarah Levy. Thank you guys both so much for uh, joining us on the podcast today. No problem. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so uh, I guess um, I guess just a little more information about you guys. Uh, so could you tell us a little bit about your affiliation with York University and the uh, student housing problem over at York University? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll start us off. Um, I graduated from York's Environmental Studies program, and I'm about to start back up as a graduate in September um, for the same program, because I don't like to diversify, I guess. <laughs> um, so um, I got involved with York's housing situation in my second year of my undergrad. Um, I began working with Regenesis on a project that at the time we called um, the Eco Village project. So the idea was to create environmentally friendly housing for students at York University. Um, and because it required so much work, we decided to kind of branch out and create our own initiative that we called the Affordable Housing Committee at York. And the idea is to create cooperative style housing in the hopes of um, getting students to be more involved with their housing situation at York University. That's a great background. I actually didn't necessarily know the, the history a little bit of uh, the Affordable Housing Committee. So that was actually uh, really, really cool to hear. And, and what about you, Sarah? What about, uh, I guess, your affiliation a little bit with housing and, and the Affordable Housing Committee? 
Um, so I graduated from York also, um, in, well, actually from Glendon, um, in the psychology and sociology program. So I was really interested in a lot of social justice initiatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, I think it was my third year, um, I ended up going to a leadership initiative and I met Bria there. Um, and that's a story for another day, but, um, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> apparently I wasn't very nice when we first met. I had a lot of ads too. <laughs> she wasn't, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just didn't have my morning coffee at the time. <laughs> there, 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 we all know what that's like, so. <laughs> but no, Bria kind of opened my eyes to this world, um, of, affordable housing and how necessary it was and how important it was. And I kind of just jumped on board and wanted to help in any way that I could. And actually, um, it led me in the direction of pursuing my master's as well. So I'm pursuing the same program as Bria. Um, so she'll be joining me this fall, which is exciting. That's yeah. the key yeah, working. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. It's something that Andrew, he convinced me basically to join and or be a part of the faculty of environmental studies. So that's that's yeah, <laughs> faculty. But, uh, Honestly, it is. It's so diverse and there's so much that you can do with it. Um yeah. it's it's really unique in that sense. Yeah. And they make it they make it easy, a whole bunch of opportunities for everybody. So yeah. exactly. Yeah, I'm happy with my degrees. So, um, <laughs> so I guess, uh, I mean, you touched on a little bit with the like, York Affordable Housing Committee. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about its founding and kind of like your guys' role in it? Yeah, um, so it actually started out as um, a master's thesis um, by Michael Joda Ketty, who's the executive director of um, Regenesis. And um, when I joined and we started talking about bringing the project into fruition, um, it kind of went from there. So we've been working with York faculty, um, administration, developers, and just students in the broader York community to try to get this thing up and running. <laughs> wow, okay, right on. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember last year, y'all got the levy, and there, there was actually a lot of developments going on. Or maybe it was almost a year and a half ago now. Wow, yeah, actually. But I guess, like, in the sense where we're talking about the Affordable Housing Committee, um, what did you specifically uh, see maybe as common issues, or what did students note? as issues with student housing at York University? Well, I think the biggest issue, and you folks know a whole bunch about this, is the lack of affordable housing. And the housing that's more affordable is super unsafe. Um, I'm also a student who lived in the village for a while, and I've experienced issues with fires and just general safety, break-ins, shady landlords. And York students tend to end up commuting a lot because there's not really a lot of housing options. So we wanted to make a change in that regard. No, I think that was great. And I think um, just like personally, could you touch a little bit more on some of, if you're comfortable with it, touching more on some of the issues that you had around fire. I know that uh, predatory landlords um, and issues with safety and break-ins, they're pretty big and broad issues. Generally the response to that is like the police or some other kind of institution. Uh, But when it comes to fires, it's generally the fire department and fire marshals are they're kind of, we'll say, like the last line of defense for houses in the village. So I'm kind of, I want, I'm curious. I want to know a little bit more about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, I think the really big issue we had in my household, um, one of our roommates uh, wasn't the best chef. <laughs> <laughs> he started a fire in the basement, and he just grabbed all his stuff, grabbed his um, his PlayStation and his electronics, and just ran out of the house. So the rest of us were kind of left to deal with it. So grabbed the first fire extinguisher, didn't work, grabbed the second one, also didn't work, threw a bunch of water on it, and that just kind of saved the day. Um, And the worst part of the whole thing was probably the fact that the fire alarm didn't even go off. So 
um, had it been a situation where we didn't know what was going on, we'd be in a lot more trouble than we were. Significantly more. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, as, as kind of, honestly, it's a little bit weird. That guy's priorities are a little bit. He <laughs> was like, my shoes, my PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, I mean, it's not funny. Sorry. I mean, it's like, it's terrible, but it's, you know, it's. Just, I mean, it's funny now. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can kind of like look back on it. Good. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, uh, what is your experience with the, the village at York? I mean, I know, like, you know, the amount of precarious housing is, you know, insane. Uh, yeah, so what is your general experience with it? Uh, um, so I was actually a commuter student. I figured like financially it made more sense. And um, Bria is definitely very right in the, well, I mean, because I went to Glendon, there were even fewer options in terms of housing. So it was either residents um, or trying to look for a place in the area and the area is quite affluent. And so a lot of like the price ranges were just way beyond what I would be able to sustain. Um, so when I started taking more courses at the main campus, I started looking um, at housing options. And for a semester, I did live um, with one of my friends off campus. Um, and I didn't really have a bad experience with that. It was pretty good. It was a little bit inconvenient because um, I still had to like walk all the way to campus. And then I would have to go home on weekends and work. Um, because there wasn't much in the way of finding work um, while I was staying um, near York. Uh, and then as a master's student, it was really frustrating because I applied for residence, um, hoping that I'd be able to get a TA ship on campus. And they just never got back to me, <laughs> um, which was really frustrating, like not even with a denial or anything like that. Um, and that was for the, the Patty Crescent or the Atkinson residences? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I like I never heard back about anything and I mean not it's not like living there would be um no, you know an exciting <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um and I did I specifically had to apply to residents um like residences as well that um were pet friendly because I have a dog and I have a cat and so I had to be able to like bring them with me mm -hmm. um and there was just really like no access no resources <laughs> Um, and no one to kind of help guide you through the process either and make it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I can only imagine for students that don't necessarily speak English as their first language, um, you know, uh, or have any other kind of barrier, you know, how frustrating it must be for them as well. Yeah, no, I can absolutely understand that. I, I imagine that, you know, that we, we do have a very large international student body. Uh, there's definitely different barriers that everybody deals with, but not understanding. And we're talking about like student housing with York University, not with, you know, like a random landlord or, or somebody who owns a home that's renting out a room. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to say the least, to say the least. Um, actually, I think this brings up two different questions. Yeah, so I, I guess the first one. Uh, so, I mean, York has kind of been known for a commuter school. Uh, and do you think that's like an asset or a liability? I mean, it's been recognized as a commuter school, uh, like across the GTA. And I mean, what is your input on it? I mean, you said yourself you're a com uh, commuter. So what is that experience like? Um, it wasn't too bad. Like, I, I live maybe about 40 minutes away from York. So it wasn't terrible commuting it was definitely very tedious um and I mean you're financially paying for like either a vehicle um and insurance and gas and stuff like that so it would have been preferable for all the late nights that I ended up staying there and coming home at like two in the morning to be able to have the option to 
like live on campus. But in terms of liability, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, yeah, I was really thinking about the parking situation because I myself commuted last year and mm-hmm. I would always find troubles finding parking uh, and it's really yeah. not affordable either. Uh, this, you know what I mean? We have, I mean, York University has a lot of lots, but I mean, there's so expensive and it's kind of hard to find any other free parking around the uh, off-campus area. Yeah, and, and, and in another sense, York University is also like an academic institution. We have like classes and we have schedules for those classes and if people are always commuting, I imagine if you live on campus, it's the onus is on to you to wake up and go to class on time. But if you're commuting, mm-hmm. there's different things that might prevent you from getting there, right? Uh, whether it's traffic and you're trying to plan for it um, or just not being able to get your bus or maybe they move the bus terminal, like what happened at York University when they moved the GO station to another stop. So making all those minor adjustments Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's what we were kind of meaning in the sense of liability. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky in the sense that like I did own my own vehicle, so I didn't have to rely on taking public transportation. Um, I did this past year because I live um, downtown now, uh, and that was a pain in my butt. It was not an enjoyable experience. Hmm. It wasn't like terrible. But yeah, I know the parking is ridiculous. Like the cost of it is absolutely atrocious. Like it's made to be very inaccessible mm-hmm. if you pursue one avenue or the other, really. Like there's always going to be some sort of pitfall. Um, but yeah, I know I used to park across the street and walk like 10 minutes so that I wouldn't have to pay to park on campus. And the tickets are not real. They're not applicable. Mm-hmm. I think they changed that. Yeah, they did. They did. Thank you. <laughs> They recently uh, reached out, I think, to the city of Toronto, and now they're handling essentially all tickets. So all listeners, wow. don't listen to Sarah. <laughs> Sorry, my information's outdated, but when I went to school there, that was not the case, and I could have potentially not paid my ticket. But yeah, in, the, in that sense, like I definitely would say York being considered a commuter school is like more of a liability, um, and I think it affects the students learning you know um overall not being able to access housing that would um allow them to either pick different courses you know um so have more accessibility that way like for resources um because obviously if you're going to commute you're trying to put as many classes on you know one or two individual days as possible instead of taking a course like every day during the week um and that might affect the courses that you're able to take so if you're it, like particularly interested, um, you know, in one area, it might make it difficult to access information, you know? No, absolutely. I think that makes, that makes a lot, like I, I was mentioning stacking all your courses together. And I think Andrew did that yeah. just this last year and it was interesting kind of seeing how he, he made it work. But then I think, you end up exhausted <laughs> after nine hours of class. Yeah, trust me, it's, it, those days are really brutal. You know, you have three day weeks of classes and it's just like 12 hours or 10 hours back to back. And then on top, they have to drive home. So, yeah. Yep. But now I think we're going to switch it up a little bit. Um, and instead of maybe commuting, we want to know exactly how students would actually go about finding accommodations. And Bria, if you could maybe give us some input. I, I, I know it's a little reverse, but let us know, please. Yeah. Um, I mean, depending on your budget, mm-hmm. um, I think that's the biggest thing that kind of impacts your housing situation at York. Um, in my first year, I actually lived on res and, um, finding a room wasn't difficult because I was a first year student and you're guaranteed, um, a room on res if you're in first year. So that was fine. Um, food availability kind of sucked. So I was relying on fast food, you know, that freshman 15 or whatever (laughs) was not kind to me. 
Um, so that was what I did in first year. But when it comes to looking for um, rooms in the village, it's a bit different. You'll find yourself on Kijiji or Facebook groups um, begging someone to give you a room. Yeah. And a lot of the times you'll have to make a lot of compromises. Um, I've seen rooms where there's cockroaches crawling around and people are just like, yeah, this is your space. <laughs> so um, avoiding those types of rooms may make compromises in other places. Like um, my room, the power would go out every time someone used the microwave, for example. Um, so that's kind of how you go about it. And hopefully you have friends who live in the village who might be able to get a landlord to um, prioritize you when you're looking. But it's kind of just a battle with other students to find a spot. Yeah, it was really competitive. I mean, even in the past for me, you know, I've been in and out of like five residences and, you know, every single ad I would look into or whatever it, um, they, they say it's like a certain price for a reason because there's something that comes with the house that, you know, people are unaware of until they actually kind of settle in. And um, yeah, it's definitely a precarious situation. Uh, no yeah. doubt about that. So what are some of the actions and steps you've taken to improve some of the like student housing at York University? Um, so the major things that we've done with the Affordable Housing Committee, we've done a couple of community consultations. So just speaking with the broader community about what they want to see in their housing, what type of price ranges they have. Um, speaking with York Admin, um, which hasn't been the easiest, but trying to make a push for more affordable housing and considering students' needs when creating housing on campus. Um, Sarah and I also went to Quebec to kind of take a look at their student housing. I don't know if you folks have heard of Util. Um, but they're kind of similar to what we're doing, but on a much broader scale in Quebec. Um, they've already built their first housing cooperative, and they're offering students at Concordia affordable housing. So just kind of taking a leap from their book and hopefully doing the same thing over here. Yeah, it'd be great to kind of translate what that movement over here. I mean, it, and especially because, you know, Toronto, I feel like um, I'm not going to like, you know, say one is worse than another, but uh, we do experience our fair share of precariousness out here too. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I really think the cooperative housing model is something that <laughs> hasn't had its moment to shine really, and I think it definitely can. I think it has in, in different areas, but specifically in the village or in at York University, I think I think there's definitely space for it. And I think, I think our next question was kind of what are your steps moving forward, but maybe we should reword that specifically in are there any projects um, that you know, villages could participate in, that people who are at, or students at York University can participate in, uh, just things that they can do to get involved uh, if they're thinking about housing or trying to act in, in favor of affordable housing? Yeah, I mean, like you folks mentioned earlier, we want a student levy, but we haven't actually received the funding yet. So putting pressure on the university towards giving us money towards creating affordable housing would be a really great step. Um, I think that's something that we as a committee want to start organizing around is more political pressure on that front. So, I, yeah, yeah, I did want to ask though, I, I, I did, we did forget to mention, there are new like housing developments that are happening at York University. There was recently a housing development, it's called the Quad, um, you know, and I, I think I think we would be amiss if we didn't actually mention, what is the Quad? If, if y'all could both enlighten us, if you don't mind. Um, the Quad is <laughs> York's <laughs> newest housing development that I hate with my whole heart. <laughs> it's expensive. You're going to be paying $1,000 plus per room. And it's considered luxury housing from this American developer. And that's kind of how they justify that price tag. But it's super exclusive and elitist. And it doesn't solve the housing crisis for the majority of students. Mm -hmm. 
just out of curiosity, what do you think? I mean, I, we know a lot of international students uh, come to York. Do you think that it would it's a you know a fair mix in between domestic and international students, or is it more appeasing like to the international students? The quad specifically? Yes. Um, I definitely think their market was international students. Um, Canada or Canadian universities as a whole tend to kind of squeeze as much money out of international students as they can. And I mean, for me, I can go look at housing. I can see if it's something that I can live in and it'll be okay. Whereas international students a lot of the times have to just rely on reviews and online photos. So the quad is probably something that's a much safer bet for folks who are just coming to Canada for the first time. And I think, I think, one of the things that we want to ask, we're actually going to be speaking to Allison Evans. She wrote a little bit about the private-public relationship on uh, the Quad in York University. But can you just touch on maybe how that private-public relationship, you know, shapes the experience for students, perhaps international students, that they're trying to market to, and even domestic students at York University? And Sarah, if you want to jump into by any means, please. Well, for one, I love Allison. Okay, <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I think that outsourcing of housing kind of pushes the responsibility onto the developers and kind of leaves whatever housing they create entirely up to um, their discretion. So that relationship is focused more on an economic relationship than what the students need. So, um, I mean, I think if York wants to benefit the students more, they just need to involve them in the creation of housing instead of just making it between them and the developer and that's it. Yeah, a little bit actual uh, of actual student participation, some back and forth between what they actually want and rather than what their dreams might be, right? So, no. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think like we have access to so many different tools of measurement as well so that we can reach out, um, you know, and have these discussions with the individuals that are involved and determine exactly what the needs are so that people can be protected um, you know, entering agreements in terms of um, like renting or leasing property um, and they don't have to worry about their safety. Mm -hmm. um, like these are all things that shouldn't have to be said, you know, like they should be automatic. Um, so I think the most difficult thing in terms of like the housing that's provided at York is, is like all of that is kind of um, left out of the equation, you know? So I think Bria has worked really hard um, and myself more recently um, to make that more of a conversation and open up a dialogue for it so that people can come out and share their experiences and something can change. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I, I um, personally, I would like to thank both of y'all too, because I mean, y'all essentially laid like the groundwork for Village Housing Association to be what it is. Uh, it was awesome working with people who are actually dealing with problems at the university. I went straight to the village right away. Uh, when I came to York. So it it was great to see people who are already, you know, doing the groundwork, getting <laughs> willing to help us out with whatever we needed. And, and, and you know, you joined us or helped us and we helped you both uh, with the consultation that we ran and we got to speak to people actually about their housing with housing experience. So um, yeah, thanks to both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for being here today. And uh, you mentioned uh, earlier, you had some questions for us. Um, yeah, so like we were interested, Bria and I were talking um, in going over uh, the whole like schedule for the podcast and everything like that. Um, and we noticed that you had like a specific interest in international students. Um, so I think like one of the things we were wondering is like at some point when you guys are able to kind of broaden 
like your your group um are you interested in taking on like a representative that is an international student to kind of like have that firsthand experience um in implementing like change oh wow yeah yeah no absolutely like that was one of the main things with the association was you know it's it's precariousness for international students uh, like coming to canada and whatnot coming to these uh specifically the village at york university um and how the experience is, is completely shaped differently because it's uh like what i found in many of my houses uh is that a lot of the landlords take advantage of uh, international students because the thing is um again like international students and even domestic students arguably uh don't really know what a standard uh contract is according uh, or document or essentially established by the government of Ontario code. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And a lot of the time they would be fabricated and they would willingly mm -hmm. sign something just, you know, for the like, idea of having a place to stay. So mm -hmm. again, yeah, we'd love to have a perspective. We also provide insight as domestic students uh, mm -hmm. with the subject, but, um, but yeah, no, that would be uh, something we're really interested in. We are trying to do, we actually, even the next episode, um, you know, living in the village, the unshared experience, we're going to be having Javier uh, De Los Santos and Claudio Redondo and mm -hmm. uh, they're both international students, but they've been really foundational to YVHA. They did a lot of our marketing, so just whatever social media posts we had, we kind of put it in their hands. They also did uh, a, a lot of groundwork with us. We, we did uh, uh, some paper delivery, we, we did some door knocking, uh, we were interviewed by CBC. So there's a whole bunch of different things that, that we ended up doing, uh, and they were there, and they really, really were a whole part of it. And when I came to the village, they were one of the first friends that I had. Uh, and they actually moved from the village. So a lot of their experiences shape kind of, or let's say foreground, uh, what we do, especially when it comes to the knowledge of international students and the groups and connections uh, and the peers that they have, uh, I would say are, are more so international students. Um, so it's really cool to actually connect with them and hear about their experiences, especially in the village, but also at York University. That's, that's, that's what I think is more so the most interesting thing here, because I think whatever relationship people who are living in the village you know, have with the village is shaped really by whatever relationship they could or couldn't have with the university. So, mm -hmm. no way. We just we found it really interesting, and we wanted to know more about it. You know, again, that was like again one of the primary reasons why I founded the uh, association uh, mm -hmm. early in 2018 is because of the amount of uh, you know international students that I would be living with, and you know, and whenever there would be a problem with the landlord, whether they came in unannounced uh, without any notice, or even started throwing out dirty dishes uh, just because it they claimed that the kitchen was dirty um they wouldn't they would keep their mouth shut they wouldn't say anything uh to kind of compromise uh their living situation because mm -hmm. you know in, in a sense they're already on thin ice and you know what i mean and they don't want to get involved in any legal action um and that's why you know me as a domestic student you know i know about these things i read about it and you know the more i read the more i realized how many laws essentially were being broken and dismissed through the you know, actual LTA uh, yeah, standard. LTV, yeah, LTV, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. But uh, I think I think moving into next year, definitely, definitely, we'll have an international student as representative for housing for the village. I think, yeah, I think, absolutely. I think even this year, um, that 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 was that was the goal. But I, I think organizing and actually uh, uh, being in place and and being able to attend certain events, I think that was more so the challenge. So, uh, you know, post COVID, I, I think this definitely thing that we. And yeah, I think I think I think that was almost it. We did have one more question for both of you. Uh, you can answer yes, no, or, or maybe expand if you'd like. But I think we'll start with Sarah. In terms of multi-tenant housing, uh, let's say policy or student housing at the university, 
Uh, would you characterize students as tenants with full citizenship rights or as denizens, essentially uh, individuals who really are here but who can't necessarily access their rights as, you know, for housing or housing rights? Um, okay, so I think I touched upon it a bit earlier, um, but I definitely am for the former um, portion of that statement. So I think students should be considered as full citizens. Obviously, I understand that there are complications in terms of like policy and, and law, um, and I can understand that, but I think for the purpose of the protection of these individuals, you know, um, I think it's super, super important that they have full rights um, and full understanding before they're manipulated into agreements um, where, you know, like they, they might not be able to either get themselves out or they may not feel safe reaching out for help. Um, like that's, that's not fair to anybody. Um, and I don't think it's productive and I don't think it's gonna enhance the reputation of the village in particular. And I think it's part of the reason why it went downhill because that was never really supposed to be <laughs> like the village as it's known now is, is not what it was intended to be. Um, and so I think part of that was the treatment of students um, in terms of, you know, manipulating information um, and not making sure that people were completely aware of the agreements that they were entering and like the facets of them makes me kind of angry, but. <laughs> I, I can understand where you're coming from. And then Bria, what, what, what would you say your opinion on that question would be? Um, I definitely agree with Sarah. I mean, I don't think that's where we're at currently. I know that um, in policies and in government in general, students are seen as a largely transitional period of folks' lives. So um, focusing on them, people see it as a bit redundant, but I think there needs to be some reframing on what it means to be a student. Um, and just like everyone else, you should have rights as a student and you should have access to your needs as a student. Yeah, I believe that accessibility is really important, but I also believe that education is also one of the biggest things too. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, like having you know, like having that education about, you know, living on your own or something like, but I mean, I don't want to get into like, you know, deep context or anything, but I imagine this is something that is almost important in like high school or something, you know, like <laughs> just to kind of like, I guess, real world issues. I'm like, you know, Pythagorean theme. I, I asked a different subject for another day, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, in terms of, uh, yeah, questions we have for you, I guess, uh, yeah, really yeah, that's that the conclusion for today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you both so much for joining us. We really appreciate having you on the vote. We'll be posting the episode in, in two days, so please do tune in. And unless y'all have some more comments and or questions, maybe some concerns uh, to tell us, um, that'll be all. Um, we just really appreciate you guys having us. And um, HC is always complimenting the work that y'all are doing with YVHA. Um, we want to collaborate more in the future. Um, maybe post-COVID, like you mentioned before. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, we're so happy to see you guys succeeding and um, all the work that you're putting in. All right, yeah, thank you so much. I guess we'll talk soon then. Stay posted on the, uh, in a couple of days. We'll let you know when the podcast release. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Have a good day. Yes, you too, you too. Enjoy the rest. Thanks, bye. And I think the thing that we're going to do right after uh, we had our amazing guests is 
you know, do a little analysis and, and see what exactly we could take away from uh, from from our, our guests today. Yeah, so today was a good podcast. Uh, you know, Bria and Sarah had a lot to share regarding their experiences and their uh, role in the York Affordable Housing Committee. And it's also uh, funny, as, and also funny and good to note that, uh, you know, York, uh, York Village Housing Association really wouldn't be uh, possible without the York uh, Affordable Housing Committee. Uh, I met with Sarah, or with, sorry, with Bria uh, in one of our previous classes, and I brought her the idea through Luis Sotomayor. Mm -hmm. And essentially, we collaborated after that point, and, you know, it evolved into something a lot greater now. So, again, big shouts out to Bria and Sarah. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. And, um, yeah, and thank yeah. you to Mike, Kenny as well. Thank you so much for, for your work in Regenesis and, and kind of how that transition. I, th I thought that that was the most uh, interesting component. Um, when we spoke yesterday with Aaron and with Raymond, one of the things that they brought up is that the village is really affordable. People come to the village because they're attracted by affordability. Uh, and the Affordable Housing Committee was created at York University because obviously uh, that is not a paradigm or something that is happening on campus, right? And recent developments like the Quad, and as you hear from Bria and Sarah, there are reasons to have hesitations about wanting to go to those places, right? And I think with all of that as the background, understanding that Regenesis was actually taking action. This is, this is again, uh, when you're looking at environmentally focused groups, these are social justice oriented groups that are taking action to kind of improve the situation for students at university. So big shouts out to Mike, big shouts out to Regenesis, big shouts out to AHC. Um, and I think the biggest thing that we learned today is that uh, housing affordability is, is, might be the main thing, but when you try to achieve that, there's a whole bunch of other things that end up happening, right? And when you can't access the things that you need, uh, i.e. being able to access the levy in the Affordable Housing Committee's case, or being able to access your right for maybe people who are in the village, uh, it makes housing a little bit more difficult to live and potentially even precarious. So I think that that's my biggest takeaway from today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's jumping back to, you know, kind of what is the village? Um, you know, it's important to note that a lot of the students living out there, like a lot of them are domestic, but also a good handful are international. So it's important to note that, you know, a lot of these international students who also pay almost triple, almost quadruple for their tuition mm -hmm. on top have to deal with precarious living situations in mm -hmm. a really kind of, I don't want to say shady, but I, I guess mm -hmm. you could say gentrified area. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's really saddening uh, to see them be taken advantage of, you know, even in my own experiences, uh, dealing with people that were just kind of, you know, like they acknowledged they were on thin ice, they didn't want to become involved in legal action. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I really wanted to speak up on their behalf, you know what I mean? I guess, you know, they wouldn't, you know, become a part of any of it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, the their voice needs to be heard, whether it's through me or mm -hmm. another per a representative who mm -hmm. can who has the ability to stand up without, you know, uh, succumbing to uh, legal problems with their tenure here as an international and foreign student. Yeah, and, and I think that speaking about people who are actually living in the village, you know, next week, please tune in, June 9th. Uh, we'll actually have a whole bunch of villagers. And as I mentioned, uh, Javier and Claudia, uh, members of YVHA, they're actually going to be hosting the episode, and they were both villagers, and they're actually both international students. Uh, many of the villages that we're going to be having, I would say out of three out of the, the, the six are international students. Um, and it'll, it'll be great to get that, that kind of contrast and to understand what their experience is, not just hearing it from us, but also from them. And you'll also hear the good, not just the bad. And we're really, really excited for that. 
But before we kind of conclude the episode, we just want to throw out a disclaimer. We are not, you know, hopefully you can hear it. If not, thank you for the compliment. We are not legal professionals. We are not a legal entity. Uh, we're villagers learning from other villagers and sharing their experiences to help build a voice and, and, and fight for the village. And if you do want to learn more about your rights as a tenant uh, or about the village, check out yvha.ca or the Government of Ontario website. That's ontario.ca. Renting Ontario Your Rights, uh, the Landlord Tenant Board Tribunals, sgto.gov.on.ca, and the Federation of Metropolitan Tenants Association at torontotenants.org. Uh, you could also uh, learn more information about student and multi tenant housing through York University website at stu studenthousing.info.yorku.ca. Uh, you could also seek information at the City of Toronto's website at toronto.ca slash community people, housing shelter, uh, and rental housing standards. Yeah, and if you want to learn more about housing in general, um, specifically support systems that you have in the village, again, yvha.ca is your place. Check out about, learn a little bit more about us. Uh, or you can email us at yorkvillagehousing at gmail.com. And, you know, if you care to share your story, if you have something that you want us to know, uh, and you are looking, hopefully, to win one of 10 custom YVHA t-shirts. You can email us again at yorkvillagehousing at gmail.com, Facebook at Housing York, Insta at YorkVHA, and Twitter at Housing York. And you can go one step further if you live in the village. Join us on our group, our private group on Facebook. It's the York Village Housing Association. And register your home uh, at yorkvillage or yvha.ca slash looking for a place. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, we'll see you next week for Series 3 of the podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Nancy. That's the bill.